0: Welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris.
1: I'm Charlotte.
0: We are the Pleasure Mechanics and on this podcast we have explicit, wholesome, honest conversations about sex, pleasure, joy, and connection. Come on over to pleasuremechanics.com where you will find all of the resources we have been generating for you for the past 15 years. This year we are celebrating 15 years in our pleasure mechanics uniforms and all of our work has been devoted to creating online resources so you can tap into more pleasure, erotic joy and intimate connection on your own terms, at your own pace, in your own way. We firmly believe that you are the expert in your own sexuality and our best job is to provide you tools and resources and opportunities to explore who you are, what you want, who you want to connect with and how, so you can curate your own sexuality on your own terms. Yes, you'll find it all at pleasuremechanics.com. If you are new to the show, go to pleasuremechanics.com free and join our free online course so we can get you started with our best resources right away. And if you've been with the show for a while and want to dive deeper with us, go to pleasuremechanics.com love and you'll find ways to take your next step. On today's episode, we are talking about the masturbatory assist, <laughs> the masturbatory assist. And on a lot of our episodes, we really try to talk about sexuality through the lenses of solo sex, partnered sex, our social sexualities as creatures. Um, on this episode, it's going to be a little bit more focused in on the partnered experience, and that could be a short-term partner or a long-term partner, a casual partner, or a domestic partner, really any kind of partnered sex where one person is feeling feisty and in the mood and ready to get touched and maybe to have an orgasm, and the other person is not quite feeling it. And this is a moment we all encounter, and what do we normally do with this moment, right? Um, sometimes it can lead to one of us initiating sex and maybe getting a rejection. And that can be really painful. We did a whole episode about rejection versus refusal, and we'll drop that link in the show notes page because it's really important to get out of a rejection cycle as a couple because rejection hurts. It's one of the emotions that really registers in our physical bodies as pain, and it can lead to not initiating sex, to not feeling wanted, to not feeling desirable, when so often the partner's just not quite in the mood, not ready to engage with you. And so that doesn't have to be a rejection. And on today's episode, we want to carve out a space and talk about ways you can stay connected in that moment, and participate in your partner's passion without overstepping your own boundaries and having sex out of obligation. We've done an episode about that too. And that too will be in the show notes page. Because sex out of obligation, like rejection, hurts. And it leads to refusing sex and to not feeling as engaged in sex and having kind of like disconnected sex. None of us really want to be having sex with a partner that's not fully interested and engaged. So what are the options? What are the third options here? Not rejection, not sex out of obligation. What else is
1: there when your partner's ready and you may not be? This is what I love about the Masturbatory Assist. It does so many things at once. It turns towards our partner to say, yes, your eroticism and desire matter and are good and okay. And I want to support that and allow it to flourish. And I am not super available for intense play or penetration. So I'm being honest about what I am available for. And in doing that, I'm getting off script and not going with a sex act that I don't really want to do. But you're able to connect and have an erotic experience together that is authentic and can still be really sexy.
0: Mm -hmm. And we're going to break down some of those pieces. Um, I think this first piece of turning towards your partner, because so often, like if you think about how masturbation lives within a partnered relationship, A lot of people hide the fact that they masturbate from their partner. People feel ashamed about masturbating. They masturbate in the shower quickly as they're getting ready for work or late at night once their partner's already asleep. Um, A lot of people masturbate with this kind of secrecy, hiding it from their partner even. And this can be for a lot of reasons. Um, There's a lot of porn shaming out there where partners judge uh, the other's use of pornography or visual stimulation. Um, sometimes it can feel like a betrayal if you don't want to have sex with your partner, but you actually just want to masturbate. And we need to look at these attitudes, right? A lot of them are rooted in the idea that you own your partner's sexuality within a relationship. And therefore, all of their arousal belongs to you and needs to be devoted to you. Hey, that's a lot of pressure and doesn't acknowledge your partner's full spectrum sexuality, But then it also creates this dynamic, if one of you is turned on, you both need to act, and that is an impossibility. So it's kind of setting ourselves up for a lot of friction and sense of, you know, conflict if we, you know, monitor our partner's masturbatory habits. Then sometimes if you're in the mood and you come to your partner and you initiate sex, There's kind of a shaming of that desire. Like, how could you be in the mood for that right now? I'm dealing with all of these things. How could you be in the mood for that? And we also need to look at that attitude because different people need different amounts of sex, respond to stress in different ways, um, need different kinds of outlets at different times. So, you as a partner, you can be in the same emotional context. And one of you needs that touch and that release, and the other can't even be bothered. So we don't need to shame our partner's response in the moment. And the framework of the Masturbatory Assist, the first invitation is to affirm, to affirm your partner's wants and desires and readiness for a little bit of erotic play, and that can be part of the refusal, right? Refusal rather than rejection. So your partner kind of comes at you feeling a little frisky. And instead of like, ugh, or, uh, 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 that kind of response, what if you turn to them with a smile and you're like, that's really fun. You're feeling that way. I am not, but go for it. I'm going to take a shower, you play in the bed, and I'll be listening for the sounds of your joy, Right. That simple permission giving, and we talked a lot about permission versus denial on the last episode of this podcast, but simply giving your partner permission to want to wank is a really powerful, loving act. It's like, yes, you can do that. No, I'm not going to participate, but have fun. And so we want to think of that as like the first level masturbatory assist, just smiling, saying, go for it. I'm doing my own thing have fun with it. Come kiss me when you're done, right? That's really affirming for a lot of people and a big step from how a lot of couples and relationships treat masturbation right now.
1: And that's so beautiful. There's so much clarity in that instead of it being a place of shame or confusion or upset. It's just clarity of like, that isn't going to work for me, but I support you. Please go ahead. and Enjoy. I love that. If we can learn how to work with these moments over a lifetime or over many years or decades, it can make such a huge difference in our relationships mm-hmm. because we're addressing that moment with more precision and care. And over time, that makes a difference.
0: Well, and it's empathy, too. We talk a lot about erotic empathy. And giving your partner the loving nod to their arousal is a really, it's an act of empathy. It's like, I see that you're feeling that way. Do it. Mm -hmm. Right? Just like if you're gluten-free and (laughs) dairy-free and you pass by a pizza place and your partner's (laughs) nose turns and they're like, oh, a slice of pizza would be so good right now. Can you watch your partner sink their teeth into that piece of pizza and enjoy the fact that they're enjoying it, even though you don't want any or you don't get any? (laughs) And we should acknowledge that sometimes, right, we've been talking about the refusal and kind of creating your own boundaries because you're not in the mood. And that's often the reason, like, I'm just not feeling it right now. And we'll talk a little bit about spontaneous versus responsive desire in that. But I also want to acknowledge sometimes we can't participate in sex with our partner, not because we don't want to, but because we can't. We either physically can't because of an illness or an injury. Uh, we don't have the energy. In the chronic community, chronic illness community, we talk about spoons, right? If you've used up all of your spoons of energy for the day and you've had a really exhausting day, like you might kind of be in the mood, but your body is just like, no, <laughs> I need to rest. And honoring your body in that moment is really important. And I'm saying this as someone you know who's lived with chronic pain now for five, six years. Honoring where our bodies are at creates more space for there to be space for pleasure too, right? If we're not always overriding our pain and we allow ourselves to rest when we need to, then more space for pleasure and joy creeps into, I think. But if you are in the mood a little bit, right, so if you are just totally a no, you can give your partner a loving squeeze, a kiss, a blessing, and send them off on their way to masturbate with pride,
1: mm. right? And that's part of what you're yeah. doing is
0: you're giving them the emotional container where they feel good about wanking yeah, no and shame. Can, no shame, no yeah. shame and no like division between you. Mm-hmm. And you can even say like, think of me while you do. Mm-hmm come tell me after you're done what you thought about, you know, or imagine me on top of you riding as you stroke yourself. I can't wait for that soon. Right. That's giving them a little bit of fuel, a little bit of fire, which you can also do via text, via phone, right? A masturbatory assist sometimes is a long distance relationship strategy. So there's all these different scenarios where one person is self-stimulating with pleasure, with pride, and the other lover, the other partner is giving the assist, right? And where this line between the assist and then slipping into partnered sex, you know, it's kind of a vague gray zone and we can each find our like what feels right to us there. Um, but we really want to keep this conversation on the aside of the assist, right? And in sports terms, it's like you kind of throw up the ball and then someone else slams it. So it's just like, what can you do to add a little bit of erotic energy and fuel to your partner's experience where they are responsible for self stimulation for their own erotic experience, but you're just kind of there egging them on.
1: I love it. So that can look like offering your presence, witnessing them touch themselves, or you can add in some actions that could add a little more fuel So that could look like touching their whole body while they are taking care of their genitals. That could look like speaking, telling them about really hot memories of you together or things that you want to do to them in the future. You can imagine how this can add some erotic energy to the experience of masturbating and allow Mm -hmm. you to feel connected in the experience.
0: And so when we say witness your partner masturbating, right, like that is going to raise a lot of like, wait, what? (laughs) Because many of us, we could be lovers for 10, 20 years and never have seen our partner touch themselves. And just take that in how edgy this is for so many people. And that's due to the history where we have shamed masturbation, where we have made it pathological, where we have demeaned it as a neurotic act. And even in today's changing sex culture, there's this attitude of like, if you could have partnered sex, masturbation is lesser than. And in many episodes, we're trying to call out this hierarchy of sexual acts and expression and say, no, all pleasure is valid. Pleasure is the measure. And your experience is all that counts in that moment. And what is on the other side of that is just so much hotness. Because as it turns out, far from being a lesser than sex act, watching your partner touch themselves and get aroused is thrilling and vulnerable and sexy. And you get to see what they do. And the more comfortable we get with this, the more free we can get in front of each other and kind of show one another some of the things our bodies like that might surprise you, right? If you say to your partner, like, show me how you like your nipples touched do it for me. And then you see them really squeeze down on their own nipple as they're getting more aroused, you might get permission to touch them in new ways, right? Or they do one nipple and then you say, "Mm, tell me when, and you join in in that nipple squeeze, right? Um, One of the things I want to mention here is this idea of spontaneous versus responsive desire. Because when Charlotte just mapped that out, like if you imagine your partner starting to get a little horny, and then you're like, I'm not really in the mood, but go ahead. And then they start touching themselves under the sheets. And you're trying to focus on your book, but then you kind of like look at them in the eyes and meet their gaze. What can happen is responsive desire. Again, we have an entire show about this more than one, I think links in the show notes as always but this idea of spontaneous versus responsive desire is essential for so many people to really grasp in their heads. Spontaneous desire, it isn't really spontaneous and I think soon we're going to do a episode where we really unpack that spontaneous desire is also responsive. But spontaneous desire is what we name when you're just like in the mood for sex, right? Your day's gone well or shitty and you have stress to release, but like in your body, you're generating the want, right? Like you're horny. Spontaneous desire is horniness. I'm horny. I have a want. I want to release. I want to climax. And that's what often drives masturbation for many of us. If we're not in just like the routine wank, we get this feeling and we're like, oh, I'm going to do myself. Responsive desire, on the other hand, is when something feels good. You notice that it feels good and you say more, please. Your body turns towards it. You're walking past that pizza shop. You hadn't been thinking about pizza. You're not hungry for pizza, right? Spontaneous desire would be like, I want pizza. I'm ordering a pizza. Boop, 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 boop. It comes. (laughs) Responsive desire is you're taking a walk. You're not really hungry for pizza, but you smell the pizza wafting out of the pizza shop. You see it in the window with the cheese glistening and the pools of grease on the pepperoni. And then you're like, pizza sounds fucking delicious right now. And you walk in and you get a slice. Or you're watching your partner eat the pizza. And you're like, can I have a bite? Just, just a little bit. <laughs> if you're not gluten-free. <laughs> um, and so when your partner is stroking themselves, if your partner is even in the shower, say, like if you're not at the point of witnessing, and there's ways of baby stepping up to that, masturbating in the dark so you can just hear your partner but not see them is a great way to baby step into this
1: so hot all those sounds
0: oh my gosh so fun
1: that's the thing this this is supposed to be like a little act but you can see how much pleasure and eroticism and novelty and play it it invites it
0: can become a whole dynamic right and this can become a part of like power play too right like you'll watch me masturbate and i'm not gonna let you touch me Mm. and i'm gonna wank off like right in front of your face but don't you dare lick me right like this can be also really really charged um and so, spontaneous desire versus responsive desire is really important here because, as the partner that maybe just refused, you might find your desire being kindled. You might feel that growing, and then you can renegotiate. You can say, mm, Can I touch you here? Oh, what if I just put a hand here? Right? Like, you can start adding yourself to the sexual act. And then maybe it goes into partnered sex, or maybe not. It just becomes this kind of fire you're holding together. And these little ways of touching one another, you know, a pinch on the nipple, a little hand, you know, kissing someone's neck, just looking at them with a gaze changes the masturbatory experience. It breaks out of that routine of self-touch, and it elevates the whole thing. And it really just... mm, Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) quote me on that it really just mm -mm -mm. (laughs) the wisdom never ends here folks um but I think what's so important here is to realize that you know we're getting turned on just talking about this um it is not a lesser than act and it creates so much space between you of tease of play and again anchors both of you in your own sexual autonomy. I can have my own sexuality fully expressed whether or not you are available to me in this moment. There is so much power in that. And then there's a lot of sexiness when you see your partner in their own sexuality, you kind of want to join in more, right? It's not as conditional of like, I need you to light me up. That's a lot of pressure in this world. We got to light ourselves
1: up and then throw sparks at one another. Mm. So good, but it's also so authentic to say no. I I am not up and available for just going on the script that we all know and that we've talked about in recent episodes. So it's so powerful for the other person too, and then to see what unfolds. Right,
0: that autonomy is both ways. I am feeling sexual. I'm not feeling sexual. I am in the mood for this. I'm not in the mood for this. I'm available for this, but not that that is permission that is where we get freedom when it's not like if you are turned on I have to say yes to this whole package deal sometimes we've talked about it if every time you went to a buffet you had to eat every dish no one would go instead a buffet is an offering you can fill your plate with just ham if you want to (laughs) I must be hungry or something. (laughs) Ham and pepperoni. Um, So we've been talking a lot about desire. And this is a huge place for us to explore as individuals. Like when do I feel turned on? When do I feel available for sexual connection? And when do I not? And for a lot of people, stress, our daily stressors are the number one enemy of our libido. It's what takes us out of the game so often is just the stress of living in this world gone unchecked. And again, in the show notes, we'll have episodes about the stress and sex connection, because it's a really important one for us to understand. But as we do, we need to remember that us humans need to relax into arousal. It's part of how our systems are designed. Being able to relax opens our systems up to pleasure. And that's why we've partnered with Calm, the number one mental wellness app, to give you the tools that improve the way you feel in this world on a day-to-day basis. Use Calm to clear your head with guided daily meditations, improve your focus with curated music tracks, and drift off into sleep with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. Using Calm is a great way to bring daily meditation and focused interoception, the ability to feel what you're feeling inside your own body. Meditation is one of the best tools to develop this erotic skill. And having a strong app is a great way to keep yourself on track with meditation. So go to calm.com pleasure And you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off Calm's premium membership, which includes hundreds of hours of programming. New content's added every week so you won't get bored. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds and bodies. And for listeners of this podcast, you can get the limited time offer of 40% off your premium membership at calm.com slash pleasure. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash pleasure. Thanks to Calm for sponsoring this episode and bringing this powerful meditation tool to folks all around the world. So we focused a lot on the assistive partners experience of this. Like what are the attitudes and emotions we need to say yes to our partners turn on even if we're not in the mood? And I think there's just so much pressure that gets taken off when we get in that mindset right the mindset of like I need to be responsible for my partner's sexuality I find to be very burdensome but it also is a reflection of our want to be desired right when our partner is turned on sometimes we want ourselves to be included in that and that doesn't have to be always right as I said like we need to get over the shaming of pornography of visual stimulation of understanding our partner is going to be turned on by people who are not us that's a big emotional step for people. One of the things that can allow you to give your partner more freedom is if you really feel how desired you are. So one of the ways this looks like to me is the masturbating partner can really affirm their desire for the non-available partner. And this could mean like dirty talk, as Charlotte was saying, as you're stroking yourself, you're talking about peak erotic experiences you've shared together. You're talking about all the nasty things you could and wish you could do to one another. Um, Or you're just kind of in the romantic talk. Sometimes we forget romance as dirty talk, right? Imagine having your partner touching themselves fully aroused and looking over at you and just saying, oh, I love you, baby you are so beautiful on that pillow. I love the way your hair looks. Oh, I love you. Thank you for being here with me. Uh, 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 Right. (laughs) Um, Having that connection, that vulnerable, intimate connection while one of you is going into arousal is like fire. It's so hot to hear your partner say, oh, I love you, baby, while they're turned on. And you can just take it in. One of the nice things about the masturbatory assist is it pulls apart partnered sex so you can both really focus a little bit more. Sometimes partnered sex is so immersive, we don't even know what to focus on. If all you're doing is lying back in bed and watching your partner touch themselves, or hearing your partner in the other room, you can really just focus on that. And so I want to encourage the masturbating partner to stay in intimate connection too. Even if you're drifting off into your own sensation, right, like reaching over and putting your other hand on your partner's thigh and gripping it during orgasm or like opening your eyes and saying like, oh, look at me while I come. There's all these different ways of making sure you both feel included no matter what your bodies are doing.
1: I love that. So you're encouraging the connection to go both ways there to say thank you, basically, for encouraging and honoring my eroticism for Mm. wanting to be expressed, even though you're not available. Right. And mood is so important here. We've talked about
0: intention on other episodes, but mood, like it's not a masturbatory assist to lie there and look bored.
1: Uh it's much better just to leave the room and let them do their own thing. (laughs) If you're like that unavailable or like threatened or feeling all sorts of ways.
0: Right. If you can't be enthusiastic and supportive, it's not an assist. Mm -hmm. Right. It's a detriment. It's more of a fumble. (laughs) Um, And so and that goes both ways. Right. If you're masturbating and excluding your partner, they might feel like, why am I here? I could be doing the dishes. So it's really important to keep that circuit going, even if your bodies aren't touching. Or to use touch as a way of encouraging that circuit. Um, Another thing that can come up here is using toys. Toys and pleasure tools are really new to a lot of couples to play with. Um, And even if they're not new, watching your partner use toys on themselves, again, can give you so much information about how they like to use that toy. But also it gives you like this moment to... It's like a study. (laughs) It's like a, an immersive study in your partner's responses. Um, and so you can watch them use toys or assist them through the application of a toy. Mm. And this is incredibly important if you have any chronic injuries or illnesses where like you want to be in the game, but your body's just not up for it. But can you hold a vibrator? Can you just tug on their nipple chains just a little bit? Can you use a Wartenberg wheel to apply tiny little pinpricks of pleasure up and down their neck as they're gasping for more? Tiny little inputs with pleasure tools and toys can go such a long way in the masturbatory assist and with so little effort. And this is part of it because I think a lot of us have this idea of like sex and pleasuring one another is so much effort. And sometimes we just don't have the energy But what we also find is having sex and pleasuring one another gives us energy. I find this without fail. If I am low energy and tired, when I say yes to sharing pleasure, whether that's partnered sex or an assist, it almost always makes me feel more energized. It makes me feel better. It helps my pain. And so finding ways we can, with that low energy we have, participate and then tap into the well of erotic energy that's available for us
1: it's like getting a dose of medicine sometimes Mm. I love that all it requires is a willingness an openness and then a curiosity to see what you can create in that moment with what you have in that moment Mm -hmm. with your energy level whatever it is there's just so much we can do in our bodies together our voice our
0: touch Mm -hmm. and it really is endless right like Pushing your hips just into your partner just so. That can be all you do and it can be so delicious. Running your fingernails down their back or chest while they stroke themselves.
1: Moaning.
0: Just taking a little nibble of their shoulder. But sometimes (laughs) having a toy helps too. And that's why we've partnered with likeakitten.com where you can curate your own box of pleasure tools and toys by choosing curated items from different categories according to your desires you can curate your own collection of vibrators accessories beauty products sensual adornments and all for the low price of 69 bucks you get a gift wrapped ready box shipped discreetly to your door full of pleasure potential You'll find delightful toys that help you add new sensations, explore new erotic energies, and discover new dynamics between you and your partner. Go to likeakitten.com and use the code PLEASURE for 20% off and free shipping of your order. That's likeakitten.com and use the code PLEASURE. In the last box we received from Like a Kitten, one of the things we got was a massage candle. And it's really important to remember how many different kinds of tools and toys there are to enhance our experiences and the ways that we can layer things in, right? So something like a massage candle, this is one of our favorite pleasure tools that a lot of people don't even know exist, right? A massage candle you light and it's just a pretty little candle by your bedside, but as it melts down, it melts into a pool of warm oil. So imagine your partner masturbating, you've lit this candle, and then you just reach over to the bedside and at an opportune moment, drip a little bit of warm wax on their chest. And then with your hand, you can glide it and just give them a little bit of massage. What a luxury. And what a way to elevate a masturbation session into a beautiful, intimate, connected experience. Whether or not we are in a relationship whether or not we are masturbating alone or with an assist, we do not have to have masturbation as a boring routine rut. It can be just as curated, expressive, exquisite as any other kind of sex. And it's so important to remember that for yourself, for one another, there are so many ways to layer in beauty, sensuality, intimacy, connection, to elevate, to elevate. And what will that look like for you? That's up to you, right? You can get as kinky as you want with a masturbatory assist, as romantic as you want. Kinky and romantic at the same time works well for me. (laughs) And really make it your own, right? Maybe even just feed your lover some fruit after they come. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) right? You hear them climax from the kitchen. You've just finished the dishes. You walk in with like a little nibble and a glass of water and say, how was that for you, baby? And you slip into bed with them and give them a little nourishment, right? You don't have to be there watching them masturbate the whole time for this assist in spirit. You can make this work for you. And so we really want to invite you into thinking about the masturbatory assist as an attitude rather than a sex act, because there's a million ways it can look. And the attitude is what unlocks the benefits, is what brings you the experience that changes the feeling of masturbating in a relationship, or wanking off when your partner's not available. It takes it from kind of a sad consolation prize, which a lot of us feel like, like we wank under duress because we're not getting the real thing. And that is bullshit. You are your own primary lover, have been since adolescence, and will be till you die. And if we get into that framework of masturbation counts as sex, it's a valid sexual expression, and we can assist one another in creating a positive atmosphere for that masturbation to take place, whether that's emotionally alone or with a physical assist that's adding some fuel to the fire, it really changes how we feel about what we are doing. And is counter to thousands of years of history of shaming sexuality and thus pleasure activism, thus a revolutionary act, a claiming of sexual autonomy in this world that tells us your sexuality is owned and that you are an object and not a subject. This whole framework really understands that we are sexual subjects responsible to ourselves as sexual beings that we then share With others in partnership, socially, in community. But it's really important to get that kind of attitude in. And this is one way we do it by affirming one another and assisting one another in the masturbation act.
1: Amazing. So, you are collaborating and creating pleasure. Mm -hmm. We are not shaming somebody for not wanting us or for their eroticism being ours only. That difference between ownership and collaboration is so important. Mm -hmm. It's significant. It's so beautiful. And taking joy in one
0: another's pleasure, Mm -hmm. right? If shared pleasure is a good thing, then Mm -hmm. your pleasure is a good thing. Even if I can't eat that pizza with you, I'm going to enjoy you eating that pizza and delight in it. Tell me how it tastes, baby.
1: (laughs) So we hope we've given you ideas, inspiration, a different framework for how this sexual experience can actually be really erotic and interesting and creative and nourishing. And remember,
0: you can baby step your way into it. I love watching a partner masturbate. I love seeing people pleasure themselves. I love assisting. But it can start with just that permission giving, just that smile, that nod, that acknowledgement. Even inciting your partner to masturbate. If you notice your partner's feeling frisky and you're not in the mood, initiate them masturbating. Honey, go take a shower, touch yourself and think about me. Meet me in bed and we'll cuddle. Like, hell yes. (laughs) What a different emotional relationship that is than having to sneak off in the shower and masturbate and hope you're not hurt and get through it as quickly as possible. In many ways, we're acting like scared juveniles a lot of the times, even as adults in our own homes.
1: Right. Acting like adolescents, like how we related to that. Yeah. Like masturbating under
0: duress as if we're about to be found out, as if we're going to get in trouble, as if it's a naughty thing. We have to sneak and watch porn. Like you are an adult. Your sexuality is yours. And if there needs to be conversations in your relationship to get to this place of comfort, then that is where you're at. And we need to honor that too and we have resources for you too. At pleasuremechanics.com talk, you'll find all sorts of conversation starters and our erotic communication resource pod. So you can really dive into having these opening conversations. Why does it bother you that I watch porn? That's a really important question. If it bothers you that your partner watches porn, you need to know why. Is it the kind of porn? Is it the frequency? Is that you're not getting enough attention? Is that you're spending too much money? Is that you're neglecting the kids? Like, what is the why? Because if you know the why, then you can backtrack and start like working on that. Without communication, we just end up kind of shaming and shooting on one another. And there's so much excavation to do around these attitudes. We talk about sexual attitudes, Many of us have really shitty sexual attitudes because of our history of sexual oppression and repression. They're not ours. We don't actually agree with them. We just kind of recycle them and embody them without scrutiny, without self-critique of am I affirming my partner's pleasure or am I subtly shaming them when they're turned on and I'm not? Am I saying yes to them having nourishing physical experiences, even if it's something I don't want to share? And how does this attitude reflect the rest of your life? Like, go out for pizza with your buddies. I'll be home making meatloaf. Like, you can eat the pizza. I'm doing this. You can go mountain climbing. I'm going to go to the ballet. Like, being able to be autonomous beings that have their own pleasures and express them is also kind of correlated with this and gives a lot of breathing room, especially in long-term, intimate, domestic, especially relationships, giving one another space to be an individual and express that. And then the assist of like, yeah, your pleasure is good. I'm going to add to it. I'm going to root you on is such a powerful relational stance. We invite you into it. If you have any questions about this or any other topic we've covered on the show, come on over to pleasuremechanics.com hello and record us a voicemail message or send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to be included in planning future podcast episodes, submitting your topics for consideration, discussions about all we talk about here on the show, go to pleasuremechanics.com slash pod and join the pleasure pod, our sustaining membership, our inner circle, where you support us in creating the show. And we support you with our personal attention, curated resources, and ongoing conversation. That's pleasuremechanics.com slash pod to support the show and step into our inner circle. And we'll give you a masturbatory assist once in a while. Well, there is all of my erotica in the pleasure pod. There's all sorts of pleasure practices you can experiment with. There's all sorts of fun things to
1: do. So true. I mean, all we of what are we're a doing... assist. Oh, you're thought...
0: welcome. <laughs> and if we could reach through these mics and tickle your nipples, we would if you're into that kind of thing or we'll just, just give you loving massage or just a big old smile and affirming your pleasure matters yes you deserve joy your orgasmic erotic expression is a good thing in this world and we will give you those high fives as long as you want them baby we love you we are here for you i'm chris
1: i'm charlotte we are the pleasure mechanics wishing you a lifetime of pleasure cheers